You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey gang, how are you? Kevin Goatee gutting the sacred cow. What's going on? Brand new week and an episode I absolutely guarantee are going to set your nutsacks and your titties on fire. Britt McHenry from ESPN and Fox Fox 5 down in DC. She has chosen the all-time beloved film of beloved films and that is E.T., the extraterrestrial, wow, and if you thought Jen Eckhart doing Toy Story was bad, by the way, these two are friends, you are in for a treat. Before we get into it, guttingthesacredcow.com every single day has brand new blogs and of course the merch store. Why not support us? Grab a shirt, grab a hoodie, it's not hoodie weather anymore. But it won't be for long. Or did that make sense? No. Grab a mug. Grab whatever your heart desires. Also, email us at guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com to advertise with us. You've heard a bunch of advertisements on this podcast in the last weeks. If you want to advertise with us, we can work with you. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. If you want to write a new song segment like Five Fun Facts or Amazon One Star Reviews or whatever... Email us there as well, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being fans and friends of us. We love all the words we're getting on Twitter and social media and all that stuff. We love you all. Thanks again. And without further ado, here's Britt McHenry doing E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this Hey, you got any balls down there? About the biggest pair you've ever seen, Dingleberry. Kevin Israel, name that film. Nope. Clerks! Really? One of the many hilarious lines of that fantastic film. What's really? the movie? That's where they're playing hockey on the rooftop, where he launches um, the ball off. I could give I him about 85. It's so it's on cable nonstop, and god damn it, it passes the remote test in spades. Who cares about clerks? Because we're joined today by Britt McHenry, everybody. Hi, Britt. How's it going? Hi. It's great. I'm How happy. How you doing, Britt? I'm good. good. I'm good. 
Glad you joined us. Britt, tell everybody like, at the top, where can we find you and what are you up to? Uh, well, I work currently at Fox News, Fox Nation, and Fox 5 DC. Um, so anyone in the Maryland DMV region, right? They can see me here. Uh, I was on ESPN prior to that. So I love sports, hope to get back into sports coverage. And they can follow me on Twitter and Instagram by my name, at Britt McHenry. Two T's. Sweet. So you're a sports gal. Who are your teams? Let's uh, let's get that out of the way before we get into this. Okay, so, I, you know, if you're going to hate on the Washington Capitals, it might be a deal breaker in our budding friendship, you guys, because mm-hmm. um, I'm a Florida girl, uh, like our friend Jen, Jen yeah. Eckert. I'm a Fl- Floridian. I grew up, was there for 21 years, never even saw snow until I was 21. Where in Florida? Um, what's that? Where in Florida? Uh, like Cocoa Beach area. My dad was in the military, so we lived by Patrick Air Force Base, and... Never saw snow until I went to graduate school at Northwestern. Then I saw a lot of, sh- of snow in Chicago. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, so I never knew anything about hockey. And my first job was uh, at ABC7 in D.C. out of school covering all sports. And um, I had to learn on the fly. So what better way to learn than with uh, the young guns of Alex Ovechkin, Mike Green, Alexander mm-hmm. Seven, Nicholas Backstrom, who recently recorded his 1,000th game, uh, and basically covering perennial second-round failures to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So <laughs> I became a fan, even though you're not supposed to when you cover teams. And uh, then when I went national, I just stayed one. And when they won in 2018, I cannot confirm, nor can I deny, that I may have had a few beverages that night. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know why you would hide that. I'm a uh, I'm right down party lines. I am Yanks, Giants, Rangers, right down party lines. Hey, so there you have it. MSG are fun, you know. Oh yeah, it's fun. Too bad they're well, they're getting better. But listen, yeah. the last time I was playing hockey as a young lad on NHL '93, only the goalie was a goalie for the Capitals back then. <laughs> Peter Bondra days. I can talk it all day, but I'll put Kevin Israel to sleep. We're here because Britt McKendry has chosen a film that Kevin Israel, I dare say, has to be one of the top sacred cows that we've had in this podcast and the seventy plus episodes we've had thus far. And that film, the 1982 Juggernaut. <laughs> E.T. Mm-hmm. E.T. The extraterrestrial. The extraterrestrial. You guys love E.T. Well, right? you don't know that yet, do you? That's why we let you go first, and then we go second and third. But to give you some numbers, because you asked so nicely, a budget in 1982 of $10.5 million, a haul of $792.9 million. Turn that into 2021 money. $28.8 million budget, 2.173, that's my speaking spell impression, billion. That's bigger than fucking Endgame and Avatar. Bigger. What's that? I like to go big. Go big or go home in my yeah. So some pretty good fuck you money behind E.T. IMDB, as we know, is a scale 1 through 10 with decimal points. Brit. What do you think E.T. scored on the old IMDb? One through ten with decimal points. So, the, and so this is like the public reaction to the 1982 classic. On this okay. is IMDb, which encompasses everything. All right, I'm gonna go. You know, it's never as high as you think, so uh-huh. I'm gonna lower it, even though it's beloved, and I have no idea why it is. <laughs> Come for me. I'm gonna go 
a little lower with an 8.2. So 8.2, you're going lower then or are you giving an 8.2? 8.2. 8 8.2. Kevin Israel. I think this is exactly as high as I think it's going to be, and I'm going to go 9.6. 7.8. What? I was close. It was closer. I am the, yeah, so now let's go to the Rotten Tomatoes, which is a 1 through 100 percentage-based scale. The critics' Rotten Tomatoes score, Kevin Israel, 1 through 100. You know the drill. Lay it on me. 93. Britt? Oh, I'm going to go with an 88. 98! Woo! Higher. Damn it. So I'm in the 2% here. Okay. <laughs> Britt, what did the people give E.T. on Rotten Tomatoes? The people gave it? Yes. Um... Oh, gosh. A 90? Kevin Israel? You know, I'm going to go crazy here because I know there's only a few hundreds on Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm going to go 100. 72. Ah, okay. Really? That one shocked me, the 72. Very much so. Wow. I know. I know. <laughs> that's that's of people of a certain age. No. I Well, you'll, the reviews may. Actually, they may not tell. But we'll get into it with our quotes. The obvious E.T. phone home. My all-time favorite quote from this film. It was nothing like that penis breath. <laughs> Come on. I laughed at that when I saw it in the theater. I laughed at that every single time I've seen it since. Mark got 69000 in asteroids till his mom pulled the plug. If that is not indicative of playing games in the 80s, I don't know what is. Kevin Israel, what quotes jumped out at you? Well, you took my, you took mine, but uh, the only other one I had was "This is reality, Greg." Yeah, which I don't know how that hasn't become a sentence that like we all say to just assholes. Right. <laughs> I'm amazed that that just isn't like like it didn't become Karen in the '80s. Like Greg's just an idiot. Yeah, Greg. I, the whole "This is reality." I I feel like I say variations of that though to this day. So maybe yeah. maybe it has carried on. Maybe. I don't not- Maybe what? my mother, maybe my mother Donna said, "This is reality, Greg." To my father, whose name is Greg. <laughs> Five. I'm oh, sorry, Britt. Did you have any quotes that jumped out at you? No. Nope. All right. That's okay. <laughs> I'm more visual person in this movie, and I think that's where a lot of my. All right. Oh, listen. Calm down, there, Sea Biscuit. Stay in the gates, <laughs> and you'll come out, come out like a champion. I know you will. Five fun facts. Five fun facts, five fun facts. Peter Coyote, who played the agent with the keys, auditioned for the role of Indiana Jones. But, but he tripped over the wiring of the lights during his audition, and Spielberg thought he was too clumsy to play Indiana Jones, but instead gave him the part of, as they call him in the script, Keys. E.T.'s face was a combination of, do you guys know who this was based on? Who E.T.'s face was based on? I remember hearing it. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Just kidding. It, <laughs> it was based on Albert Einstein, Ernest Hemingway, and Carl Sandburg, three dudes who individually look like aliens in this humble person's opinion. They drank a lot, too. <laughs> also, a very fun fact. Yeah. Number three. Kevin Israel, I want you to take a guess who was cut from this film playing the role of Elliot's teacher. I'll give you a hint. This person has a lot of appearances, appearances excuse me, 
in Spielberg films? Mm-hmm. Dan, this gin and tonic is delicious. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, about the wines, Dan. Want to take a guess there, Britt? No clue. Harrison Ford was uh, in this. End. Yep. Cut as wow. cut as E.T. The only adult shown in the film, excluding the mother, was not until the third act. Not one face of an adult was shown until the third act. Sans E.T.'s mother. I thought that was interesting. So he was the teacher? He, he, was, he, was, te- he, he was the teacher, but they cut him out. Huh. Number four. That's too easy. M&Ms were the first choice of the candy in the film, but Mars would not be able to, they weren't able to see the final script. So they said, nope. Then Spielberg went to Hershey's and they said, we'll use Hershey kisses. Nope. never mind. We want to use Reese's pieces because it's our newest candy. They spent a million bucks for the rights. And this investment paid off in two weeks time as a 65% profit increase was noted. And a bunch of Hershey kisses laid on the ground would have just looked like somebody took a shit. Exactly. Right. I mean, I think of Reese's Pieces from this movie, even though I don't like it. There was a sequel that had a 10-page treatment that Spielberg had had an idea of, where a mutated race of ETs captured Elliot and his friends. And then Spielberg scrapped the idea because he said, quote, it would rob the original of its virginity. I don't think virginity would be the appropriate word I would use, but who am I to say I'm not a genius director like Steven Spielberg? Yeah. I, I would like to thank Mr. Steve, Mr. Spielberg for not going with that one. This would have been the equivalent of Caddyshack 2 level of awful if he made E.T. Yeah. 2. I have no doubts in saying that. Yeah. But I see a lot of faces being made by Britt McHenry as we give our five fun facts and other things. <laughs> She's la- she's got a wine in one hand and a solo cup. Oh, you know? I'm nervous here. She she just got finished hanging out at the Tri Delta household, and she's my sorority. I, I really really. <laughs> so so was Jen. We talked for fraternity sorority days. Although my days. Oh, were I didn't long. know that. Okay. Yeah. How cute is that? Oh, serendipity. Oh. But here we go, Kevin Israel. It is now time for Britt McHenry to gut oh. the sacred cow. Okay, so I'm just going to go through and like red marker through my issues with this this classic. If you, you got will. it. Yep. All right. So I'm just going to like take a stand here that you guys probably will disagree with or anyone watching. But how many times do we hear E.T. was revolutionary and it was ahead of its time? And granted, yes, watching... The cinematography currently today in 2021 and then noting back, thinking back to 1982, it is very impressive considering I think right around that time Terminator 1 was released, but 1981, 82. No, 19, that- 1984 Terminator was released. Eight, okay. there. See, and I love the Terminator. I was, I was off. However... The first Terminator, you literally like just get these robotic motions and Arnold Schwarzenegger's face is hanging off. So in comparison to that, to be even earlier, I do see how it was better than competing films. Um, But I'm going to hammer down the issue many had at the time. Um, My dog has some kind of issue in the corner right now. Foxy's on her own world, does not like E.T., 
as well. Um, my issue with all of the dark scenes, there was a lot, it was very dark. The lighting was very dark. And as a child born in 1986, whew, I'm aging myself now. Um, <laughs> let's say around six years old was the first time that I was, I watched ET or was appropriate age to maybe see ET. That's solidly 10 years past its, origin date of 1982 so it just felt backwards even when i was a kid i i couldn't get into how dark the scenes were the music super theatrical i i'm probably shattering so many 1980s like hearts right now but at the end when et goes into his spaceship like i i felt like i had to tell people around me when i was rewatching this weekend i'm sorry this is super loud like when you have to take the bass down it was just very dramatic. Um, also going to go on the ledge of while he's a genius, I think Steven Spielberg gets a little caught up in his own emo. And that's how I felt like the last scene really played out to be, especially um, with E.T.'s, you know, finger point and I'll be right here. E.T.'s voice just creeped me out, you guys. Like, am I the only one that thinks... E.T. was a creepy little alien dude. Maybe. Okay. That's for the audience to figure out. <laughs> and if we're going to have aliens, right, I want, like, badass aliens. And I know this is designed for kids, so here we go again. Now it'll, there'll be some headline, Britt McHenry hates children. But, like, I want, like, a Sigourney Weaver fighting alien. Like, I want an alien that's going <laughs> to shapeshift. I want an alien hybrid with the Terminator. I don't want, like, alien bosses. Wait a minute. Wait. Did you want fucking Drew Barrymore's, Barrymore's chest to burst open with an alien in the middle of a <laughs> dinner dinner thing and just... And have a face sucker right there while they ate the fucking uh, uh, the, the, the pizza from outside. Is that what you wanted? You know, it'd be a little um, a little reminiscent or foreshadowing rather to Stranger Things when, you know, they adopted uh, one of the little what are those not to get into television now, but uh, the little yeah, alien the little demon things yeah the little and it like grew rapidly and ate the cat like that yeah I, i'm that's that's what i feel like most millennials are used to now <laughs> we need the freakish accident to happen so i think the alien botanist is a little weak um like why was he left this like I don't know. I mean, are, is it like homeward bound? Like, we, hey, like we're going to grab some more Reese's Pieces down the road. See you back in a minute in Earth. Like, how do you just get stuck behind? Or, or, you know, like in Home Alone, how is Kevin? I don't care if you have 20 children or 11 kids. How do you just leave a child in Chicago O'Hare Airport, which is not a fun airport to be left in, period. <laughs> Had some overnight delays there. So if you hated oh. Home Alone 1, you must have really fucking hated Home Alone 2 because oh. I hated Home Alone 2 for a many reasons. Who gives, yeah, who cares? Go on. I'm sorry. I, just, I, I hear Home Alone and I hear Home Alone 2. <laughs> I guess I lose my shit. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I I did like Drew Barrymore, though. I mean, who who didn't like her as a little girl? She was so cute in that movie as um, – as a sister in her role. So yes, I like the children aspect of it. Um, I'm also biased in that I grew up outside Orlando, like an hour outside Orlando. So every year growing up field trips, you go to like Disney to MGM and universal. And so the ET ride ah. didn't vibe with it. I, I just, I never connected with that, this movie, like I did 
also still aging myself with a Sandlot, uh, Little Giants, uh, the or older the Terminator. Like I can get behind. What a what an array! What an array! Little Giants, not a good film, by the way. Sandlot, yeah, it's terrible. Little Giants is terrible. Sandlot, oh, I'll have to come not, back on. We'll do that one then. <laughs> Sandlot is good. I actually grew up with the kid, uh, the kid's brother who was small. So his brother was small. So I grew up with that kid. But then you go on to Alien, and this is just we're all over the fucking place here. And I, listen, I was the first to say. The E.T. ride is dog shit because you go in there, you go on the bike, at the very end you hear E.T., Brit, Kevin. Because you have to give your name at the front of the line when you get on, and they tell you when you get off, you hear the E.T. giving the, uh, the name. It is very weak horse shit. Uh, I would prefer to speak and spell giving my name than E.T. <laughs> but, but sorry, I got, a, I got a little excited here about the E.T. ride because that's also in my notes, but now it's not going to be. So continue, please. Yeah, also a bad <laughs> ride is um, is – at the Jurassic Park ride needs to be updated. Jurassic Park. It needs to be updated because the dinosaurs are slow moving. I went back a couple years ago. There's not much to do in my hometown. So millennials can't be satisfied. Yes, I know. Is. There's a lot of meth to do in Orlando. What are you kidding me? <laughs> I've seen I've seen the movie Willem Dafoe with the motel and the poor people. Please, there's a lot to do there. Yeah, yeah. It's Orlando's <laughs> a special place. Um, I just I never connected to Elliot either as a kid. Um, I, I, I just didn't, I think my biggest issue with this movie is I didn't connect with it in the way that our society connects to it. Like if, if you're in a, a room of people, I feel like it's a movie that if you say, oh, I don't like it, you're, you're ushered out the room or it's like, Oh, take, take a shot, take a drink. Like you have to like this. I felt like it was dated by the time I watched it as a kid. Like I said, I didn't, resonate with Elliot. I could barely understand E.T. I didn't like the dark the filming in the, in the bedroom. Um, Reese's Pieces is good. If he was eating like, if, if E.T. liked, I don't know, Swedish fish, I might have even more of a problem with the movie. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, and I thought the ending scene going back in the spaceship was a little too theatrical with the music. And and everywhere I everywhere I look, it's like they the music was ahead of its time. Everything was ahead of its time with ET. And I'm telling you, as a newer, um, I'd like to say young millennial. I turn 35 next month, so I'm probably not so young. I just think it's dated, and I think there are better movies that I would take in place of it for feel good. Such as, give me a couple, just to for just children for feel good. Yeah. Um, like I'm a Disney kid, so I'm going to rock with Aladdin. All right. The Lion King. I mean, Mufasa hurt me deep like that. That's a tough scene to recover from when you're about nine years old. But then he like Simba comes back for redemption. Rafiki hits him over the head with the stick. It's like you either run from your mistakes or you learn from them. Great lesson for kids. Goes up back to Pride Rock. Huge roar at the end. I think those are more positive message building things than Steven Spielberg manifesting, as some might argue, his parents' divorce, his father's abandonment into an alien that looks like Albert Einstein. I'm just that's not, exactly I'm not what afraid. it was. He, that's exactly he admits that. He admits that this was yep. me being he's also ostracized for growing up Jewish in Arizona where there were any other Jews around there. So, yes, that, but his divorce played a big role in that. So good on you for catching that or doing your research. Either way, thumbs up from this guy. Uh, what is your favorite film of all time? Just so, again, I know how to judge you properly. 
Okay. Because you know what? This is good for both of you guys. Because if you judge me harshly on this, like, this could be a barrier. My favorite movie of all time is Inception. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So then you're going to want to go back and listen to episode number 10 of this podcast where Jim Andrinos, I think it was 10, goes on and talks about a film where, where nothing happens for two and a half hours, except it's very pretty. Oh my gosh, no, 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 no. Every okay. time I rewatch that movie, I notice different things. And talk about good music. The the final <laughs> soundtrack at the end of the plane when they're landing, Leo's waking up and it's like, oh, we are old men again. Like, it's great. It's great. And you don't know with the thimble if it's actually the dream or if it's not, even though the director later said. Kevin, and I, <laughs> Kevin and I are both dying. Hey, Britt, this is how we're going to figure this out. Explain Inception. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how this yeah, goes. That's the, the people who like Inception always go, but the thimble did it fall or didn't it? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the only that's take the end. That this is some good backstory for us, Kevin Israel, and I'm going to allow you to go first this time. For wow. Hey, gang. We here on the show often use the expression, that doesn't happen. You know how we can say that with such confidence? Because we have an actual fucking scientist sponsoring this show. That's right. Mr. A.M. Compson is our new sponsor, and he's helping spread scientific knowledge with his new lecture series. Are you a nerd who thinks school is too tough? Go to A.M. Compson to find books on a wide range of science and mathematics topics. That's university-level teaching at a fraction of the cost. Are you a tough guy who thinks school is for nerds? Then go to A.M. Compson and pick up the night school version of these books, which has the same exact information condensed with punchlines and swearing. New material every few weeks. It's like OnlyFans, but their fathers are actually proud of them. So go to amcompson.com today to start learning science. That's amcompson.com. Thank you. I, uh, I appreciate it. So I'm going to couch this, and I, I've been making a mistake for most of my life. I've always said that Ghostbusters was the first movie I saw in the theater. And then as soon as this movie started, I went, holy shit, this was the first movie I saw in the theater. Uh-huh. My friend's uh, mom took a bunch of us to see it on opening day. We first went and got Happy Meals at McDonald's. Oh, uh, this is an 80s story, and I'm getting this message. Center right there. <laughs> I, was, I was, I guess I was six, and uh-huh. we went and saw, we went and saw, E.T. And that was the last time I ever saw this movie. I never saw it again. And I remember very little other than the iconic images from it. I mean, it's not a really complicated story, so you're not, it's not like, oh, I forgot that that happened. Um, but go, getting to watch this again was really going to be a test for me to see if the movie held up, because I just remember being, being awestruck by it as a kid and thinking how big of a movie it was. Uh, some of some of my points, and actually Britt made one of my one of my big points was that ET was Kevin McAllister before Kevin McAllister was Kevin McAllister. <laughs> he was left home alone on Earth. It's Kevin that McAllister was, without Trump. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. That was two. Um, the here's one of my biggest problems with the movie, and I and I I have this problem with a lot of alien movies because a lot of a lot of writers will do this. They take this super advanced race that can clearly travel interstellar, some kind of light speed type travel, spaceships, the whole the whole nine. They're they're naked for some reason. So I guess they've advanced beyond clothing, which is a strange. I hope we don't get there. I hope that's not something that happens. Listen, Arnold traveled through time as a Terminator sans clothes and the T-1000 did as well. And you know what? If E.T. looked like Arnold, I would have been like, I get it. (laughs) it. 
E.T. E. looked like Arnold's shit after a protein shake. C- can you imagine him saying, I want your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle? <laughs> yeah. So, so, they, so you have a super advanced race. They're going to their botanists, apparently, and they're going to go to Earth to sample some of our plants. And they don't have a plan to be like, hey, maybe we shouldn't land where there's a bunch of people. Let's go somewhere really secluded so we can land, get the plants, and leave. They landed literally in the middle of, I think, somewhere in California, and I think it's L.A. It's too many lights yeah, for it not to be. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. So incredibly, incredibly, uh, in- incredibly populated. And they, they had no plan. They just had no. They were just going to go get plants. And then, of course, guys in pickup trucks show up. And guys in pickup trucks always start trouble. The minute yep. you see pickup trucks driving in fast, shit's going bad. You know, there's going to be guys with big belt buckles and shotguns and things are going to go bad. And a pair of balls hanging from the bumper. Right, right. That's in real life, too. That's that's generally how it is in real life. Never good. And then they have no, they have, they have a spaceship, but they don't have like a communication device on each other to say, hey, get back to the ship and everybody, like there's no, there's no advanced technology with these extraterrestrials beyond their spaceship. Everything else seems to be there basically like kind of above dog level intelligence and then they leave him and that's obviously when 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 the real movie starts but it just doesn't make sense to me like if i i'm an i'm I'm an idiot if you put me in a spaceship and said hey kevin go get some plants from that planet that's has sentient life on it i'd say all right well let me spend some time figuring out number one what these people are like are they dangerous where can i go where they're not going to be any of these people and if I get caught up with these people, what am I in for? They had no plan. They were, they, there was no way they would have made that, uh, that, that entire – they wouldn't have made it this far in evolution because they're, the, the race themselves, while cute, are morons. Moving mm-hmm. on. The, uh, this movie, as, as, as an 80s kid, Kevin and I are, are both the same age, and we had the benefit of being children in the 80s and teenagers in the nineties. I think we're, I think genuinely, I genuinely were the luckiest generation because the eighties was such a cool, weird time. And it was such a great time to be kids. There were so many great movies and cartoons and toys. And then the nineties were so awesome to be teenagers, awesome music, ridiculous clothes. Like it was just, it was just such a great time. And so seeing all of this stuff from the eighties just brought back seeing the kids sitting around a table playing Dungeons and Dragons, I was a huge geek in middle school and high school, unfortunately. Uh, and seeing the kids playing Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> but it was just like, it's just like, ah, like it's not a video game. Like they're sitting with a bunch of dorks drinking Jolt Cola, playing ah. Dungeons and Dragons, trying to, trying to scrounge up some money for, for uh, pizza. Like that was just such nostalgia. And it just like warmed my heart seeing that. And it also made me realize, and this is something else Britt touched on. This movie is what Stranger Things was trying to capture. The yeah. feeling, the entire feeling of this movie, the entire, the sense of com- camaraderie amongst the friends, the, the sort of the innocence of youth, but the resilience of children and what happens when you take all of that and mix in something fantastical. And Stranger Things, I think, does it very, very well. Um, they I start, don't, I bailed on that show four episodes they, I was just going to say, the last season, they're starting to get a little too yeah. out there. What's that? The last one was a little weak. And I just thought about the, the alien is the Demigorgon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah the there we go. Which was a monster in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, Nerd! <laughs> when, when, when E.T. screams, and I need to go check this somewhere, 
He sounds exactly like a Tauntaun from Empire Strikes Back. Mother. F- <laughs> Did you just have that? <laughs> I had that. I had that. And he sounds like the goddamn deer from Get Out when what's yeah. his name? <laughs> but he, I, wa- I was going to go try to find both sound clips to compare them. And I just, I'm, I'm just not that dedicated to them. Um, but I, <laughs> yes. That's what happens when you let me go first, KG. <laughs> I usually snake you, so I'm not yeah. that, I'm not, not that annoyed. Elliot gets a fancy oral thermometer. Now, here's another problem with my with this. In the 80s, I only had my temperature taken one way. And Rectally. Oh, sorry. Every 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 time I got sick, it was like a prison shower scene in my house. <laughs> and seriously? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my god. That was a thing. That was a thing in the 80s. No, not in my fucking house because we weren't perverted for Christ. Yeah, sake. no, I I mean, so I was like 17. Oh I, no, my kidding. god! <laughs> I'm kidding. But so I was. I'm I like mean, Rhoda Israel is getting to the nasty in there, huh? <laughs> I was old enough to remember it, and so whenever I see a little kid in the 80s getting a oral thermometer, I'm like, they they lived a good life. That was like I would just I as a little kid I would I would be I would know I have a fever and I'd be like, no, I'm fine, I'm good, I don't need. <laughs> and then I remember going to the doctor as a kid, and he gave me an oral thermometer, and I was like. This is an option. This tastes a lot better, that's for sure. This is, this is, and and I walked and I said I walked out and I was like, "Mom, they can do it orally now." And she was like, "Well, they're not as accurate." I was like, "I don't think we need to be that accurate. I think we're good. Wish if we're would. within point one, point two of the, of the temperature, I think did, we're good." Did your mom call that doctor a flat earther on top of it as well? <laughs> and then she handed me the keys, and I could I drove home because I was at home. Um, <laughs> Jesus, that's funny. So 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 E.T. gets in, he gets he, you know, they, they bring him in and then they start trying to be nice to him and they start giving him all this food. And because I didn't remember this movie very well, I was like, clearly all this food is gonna make him sick. And it doesn't. He eats it all, he drinks like a 12-pack of beer, and he's fine. I go to a Thai restaurant that I've never been to and have three bites of food and I'm in the bathroom for six days. This guy went on an interstellar buffet and he was fine. They might not be the smartest bunch, but their intestinal fortitude is amazing. Whatever race of beings that is. Fair. The uh, frog, the the frog, the the dice, this dissecting um, scene. I remember di- having to do the frog dissection. Here we go. Here's, the, here's another point about to be stolen. Go ahead. Yeah. And I, th- but I was a lot older than him. I think I was like eighth grade. I was and seven. The frogs weren't alive. Yep. Yep. What the yep. fuck was that? And I get why they had to do it because they wanted him to free the frogs. But nobody does that. They don't like, you're not, he, what is, what was Elliot? Nine, 10 maybe? I, yeah. yeah. A 10 year old isn't, isn't, isn't cutting open a live frog. <laughs> That's batshit <laughs> crazy. And for the record, that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I will say this though. The mama for Halloween looked good. And she yeah. dressed up as a cougar, and I got it. <laughs> and she's also, also, this, this whole movie is just the greatest example of parenting in the 80s. She's dressed up like a cougar going somewhere, and her, and, she's, and her kids go out. She doesn't even realize that her daughter is two feet shorter than she normally is. And she's just like, yeah, go out. I'm going to go have a dress-up orgy somewhere down in the valley. Have fun, kids. It's fine. Yeah. And then when the, when Elliot gets uh when when he gets caught for being drunk in class and she goes gets called down, she looks at the daughter and she's like, "Can you stay here and be a good girl?" Oh. The daughter's like four. 
She's like, yeah, Kev, you just, I got it all, don't worry. Oh, <laughs> She's like four, and the mom just leaves her. Why wouldn't you take her with you? How, how old were you? How old were you when your parents left you by yourself? For either, or for, for me both or of you guys. Yeah, for oh. both um gosh I mean as uh, the youngest daughter I mean I might as well have been 15 like I had like a uh, nine o'clock curfew but in all seriousness probably late like 13 12 like if you're gonna like stay the night like while they go out to dinner not four years old right see I was 10 and I'm the oldest I have a brother and a sister oh, both yeah, younger you're the oldest. I was 10 and they're like all right so don't leave the house don't answer the door here's dinner let's go get movies and shit so I was 10 so even I was like fucking four or five like that is child protective services shit we're looking at right there yeah right we're not worried about your drunk kid at school we're worried about the kid you left at home with an alien yeah that's the problem we have ma'am like a kid who got drunk at school but didn't have a beer in his possession at school so there needs to be some explaining to do right right and and by the way she's 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 saying she's like are you sure you have the right Elliot as she's pouring out an empty can of beer? It's like, what are you, what are you missing? Lady, you're working too much. You need to get a nanny or something. Fuck all Miss Doubtfire. <laughs> oh, but E.T.'s e. powers are not very consistent or understandable. He heals the finger and the blood disappears. I can accept the healing of the finger. Where does the blood go? Blood go? And if that's part of his power, he should be a spokesperson for Bounty because that's amazing. It's amazing. Uh-huh. When the mom sees E.T. for the first time, and this is one of the, this is, we don't have a blog for this, so I don't know where it would fall into. Dropping a coffee cup is the ultimate sign in a movie of shock. <laughs> and I, I, I think there could be a great montage of characters dropping coffee cups. Oh, when they're shocked. first one that comes to mind. She actually spilled it. She didn't drop it. Right, the, and I, the I first, had that. I the, had first, that. the first one. Usual suspects when they figure out it's it's Kaiser yes. Soze. Uh, that's I mean that's matters. in slow motion too. Yeah. <laughs> or whenever there's an earthquake and there's always the dishes the fall lands to the cup, the coffee cup. That's just yeah, yeah. yeah. Coffee's right. tea. Yeah, Got she it. just she just spills it, so she's not quite as in shock. Although she she really should have been. Noted. If they tried, so the so then the, the NASA people show up. And they're all in spacesuits for some reason, which didn't make any sense because they had hazmat suits back then. They didn't, and they said NASA on them. Like, well, I, I don't understand why. I mean, I understand why they did it because visually it's shocking, but they would have sent in guys in hazmat suits. They wouldn't have been like, hey, Chuck Yeager, can you go put on this suit? We're going to check out an alien town in LA. That's cra- That's just crazy. And then they, and by the way, they just walk in and they're like, yeah, they would have knocked on the door and they would have been like, this is NASA. And it wouldn't have been NASA, by the way, it would have been Homeland security or whatever it was back then. And they would have said, can we come into your house? And then they like come in through the window. It's like zombie, zombie astronauts yeah. coming in and they're all just running from them. Like, that's not how it would work. Or it'd be the military. The military would show up, but yeah. not, Astronauts. That ad, the whole astronaut thing really blew me away. The uh, he makes he makes a a phone out of what looks like a Texas Instruments typewriter or whatever that thing was called. Speak and spell. I see. I thought it was a speak and spell, but it's not. I don't think it was a speak and spell. Yeah, he did. He had it connected with the fucking. Was it a, saw was it a speak and spell? It was a circular saw blade. The circular saw blade that he used that with in conjunction of the speak and spell. Yep. Then I stand corrected. So whatever he makes it with and an umbrella and some other stuff. 
And I think that's impressive, but I feel like MacGyver could have done it with one or two less pieces of equipment. I feel like he could have done it with like a guava and a toothpick and he would have been like, what solar system are we trying to get to? This is yeah. pre-MacGyver, you son of a bitch. Don't you dare try and jump time, uh, time, time <laughs> well, period. And this is where I, I just, I hit a roadblock with E.T. because it's like, again, you nailed it with this is supposed to be an advanced alien race, but they're really just botanists. Wouldn't one of the aliens be like, yo, where's our homie on the ship? Like, like, did they just fly off and like like they needed? I, hold on, I want to know where you guys think that this is an advanced race. Where at what point do they make it sound like they're advanced just because they have different mutant abilities, like the X Men did? Doesn't make them travel through space. Yeah, like we can't travel through space. How much more rate? How much more advanced could you get? And That's like- I mean, we can travel through space, but not to like other. Well, maybe Mars. Hey, twenty twenty one. But we like we're not collecting. That's other. They they would have to have some kind of. Faster than light drive, whether it's yeah. a wormhole creator. So they would have to have something that's way beyond our. But like, I just don't get why you need, and I'm joking here, but like a speakeasy etch a sketch to like figure out your alien kid is still on Earth. Like, wouldn't he just not be on the spaceship and you zoom back around? I love that you call it a speakeasy spe- etch a sketch. <laughs> I was like, where is there a bar in this film? Where, where is there a knock knock bar? That would have been a great ad by Spielberg. <laughs> Three times shave and a haircut. Speaking spell. <laughs> and I feel like, oh, and th- so going back real quick, when Elliot shows E.T. all of the toys and he pulls out all of the Star Wars toys, I was like, holy, sorry, Kev, holy shit. This is as meta as it gets. And then, by the way, it gets even more meta than that because in the Star Wars prequel, there were E.T.'s in the Senate. And that's just... I, like my brain shut down and I had to pause it. And I had to start thinking about all these pieces and figure out where, where in reality they existed. Cause when he showed them Boba Fett, he, yeah. he, he should have been like, I know that guy. He, uh- <laughs> yeah. that, that was one of the fun facts that was in there, but I, I knew you were, I swear to God, I knew you were going to pick that one out because again, <laughs> the bottom of the Senate with ETs are jumping around, which by the way, they never jumped in the fucking movie, yeah. but you're here in episode one, they're jumping around and all that. I knew, I knew you were going to get to that one. Swear to God. CGI can do anything. So I th- and I and ET's phone call. So he sends his phone call out to call them, and then they they they. Co- however, that ridiculous science works. They they come back and they they save him. But I feel like his call is also what ended up sending the aliens from Independence Day here. I feel like they got the transmission too, and they were like, "Do you, those little fuckers are going to get a guy? I think we should go there too and and fuck him up because I feel like ET caused this whole thing." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lastly, as a as a kid, I remember when E.T., when Elliot had to let E.T. go. And I remember thinking this as a little kid and feeling bad, like he was losing like a dog. Like, just stay with him. Like, he's so now as an adult, I'm like, get the fuck out of here, E.T. This planet sucks. You need to have you seen what's going on at this place? Get on that ship and go back with all your little translucent chest cavity buddies, which is the weirdest evolutionary <laughs> happening and that makes no sense and it seems extra dangerous. It's like giving them a target. It's like, oh, you know where my heart is? It's right, it's glowing. Now yeah. shoot that. Where did, where did that come from? And the dog, the golden retriever almost goes with them into space. It's like, so now Elliot's got to lose his alien. Two but- best friends. Yeah. Like- <laughs> All of that said, I was shocked by how the, the practical effects in this movie yeah. really surprisingly hold up. I mean, E.T. obviously doesn't look that great, but you still get so much emotion out of him and you still get such 
just a great feeling out of him. That landing scene in the beginning when they're when they when they walk they land and they're walking around, they're looking, that still has a really, really powerful, eerie feeling of alien life landing on Earth. Like it, it there it's mysterious. This movie aged fantastically. It it's it it still carries all of the emotion. I mean, as a forty-four-year-old man who's become a movie skeptic thanks to this ridiculous podcast, <laughs> I watched this and I felt like I felt it all. Like I felt it all over again. The kids, by the way, Drew Barrymore pre-Coke habit as an eight-year-old was great. Like as a little kid, she acted like a little kid. Like all the kids in it were great. It had, like I said, it had that stranger, stranger things feeling to it of camaraderie and of just, it was, it's just, it's a fantastic movie. And my only conclusion is that Brit has no soul. That's the only, and that's the, I've, I've been, I've been racking my brain to figure out what's, what can possibly be wrong with this lovely young woman who we have, you have no soul. You're inhabited by the devil. I've never found E.T. lovable. Like, like, I guess now another headline here, like Brit McHenry is uh, superficial. If he's judging on looks like, why did he have to be poop brown? Like, why couldn't we have made him a little taller, a little bit more, you know, what do you mean? Brit? You didn't want to make, you didn't want to make him green. Like every other fucking alien. Is that what you're trying to say? for a little bit yeah why could be van da- why could be the predator in van damme in the predator suit as et could we have done that instead maybe just maybe, maybe. Just, just like past chris hemsworth as et <laughs> i would take care of him I, I would be elliot in that movie i would help chris hemsworth as an alien that would be that would be, the, the, that would be a very different movie with you as elliot and chris hemsworth <laughs> as ET. there's a whole there's a whole genre of movie like that and leave it alone <laughs> We could have had Elliot Page then. Uh, uh. <laughs> Kevin Israel, give me a number. A nine. Ha ha ha. Ooh. Britt, give me a number for ET, one through ten. A four. Warning this podcast is inappropriate, dumb, and should not be listened to. Oral discretion advised. I do this in the name of science. Jeff, which kid took the gummy bears? Can you name a famous trombone player? How do you know my name? I'm Santa. That was the best I've uh, ever seen. Thanks, bro. Every episode is a different story with different people played by different actors. Sometimes. I know I've told you this before, but I don't like you. Is this because we didn't want to get a dog? How? We got a dog. Wham! Let's get a dog. Toledo. You're disrespecting painting, you Can you believe he said that? No, man. Can't change my mind on this. I wish for a bigger Boy, if I was listening to this on some other podcast that was running a trailer for it, I would sure go listen to it. You know what? Split-second decision. All of it's real. Yes, I would murder Santa Claus. Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Fat Tango Presents is a monthly scripted comedy show. Each episode is a self-contained short story that showcases the sick, twisted senses of humor of its creators. Episodes range from podcast parodies to supernatural encounters and cartoonish ridiculousness. New episodes release the first Monday of every month. Fat Tango is also launching its podcast network this month, so go to their website, fattangoproductions.com, and follow them on social media, at Fat Tango Podcast on Twitter, and at Fat Tango Productions on Instagram. Thanks again, guys. Here we go. These notes 
brought to you. Where the hell is it? <laughs> These notes brought to you by, of course, the Gutting the Sacred Cow website, where you can get a sweet shirt like that, as well as a mug, as well as a hat, as well as a cell phone holder, as well as Kevin Israel's mug that he's holding up right now. You can get a lot of cool shit, as well as our blogs are there every Monday through Friday. You can catch us on Clubhouse every Tuesday night at 9, Thursday night at 8. We're talking movies. We're talking comedy. We're talking shenanigans, debauchery, tomfoolery, and a little bit of general horseplay if he has time to show up. These notes. Watching those nerds play Dungeons and Dragons must have gotten Kevin Israel harder than an elephant tusk. (laughs) By the way, the the first, thank you, the first Puerto Rican girl I slept with, her privates kind of looked like E.T.'s face. Just putting that out there. Seeing E.T. stranded, I know, but true. Seeing E.T. get stranded made me tear up. I love how John Williams' agent's theme song, when the, the agents, whatever you want to call them, eerily close to Darth Vader's music. Yeah, it's good call. Who would have guessed that Drew Barrymore would have grown up to be an annoying talk show host? <laughs> Funny how Elliot uses Reese's Pieces, and it's Reese's Pieces, not Reese's Pieces, Brett. Let's just... Hey, I'm from the South. I consider Florida the South, so we say all kinds of things. Jaguar, you know. Last time we checked, last time we checked, we won the war. It's Reese's Pieces. <laughs> Funny how Elliot uses Reese's Pieces to get E.T. to follow him. That's how Melissa McCarthy's husband gets her to leave the house and go to auditions. I know it's a good one when Kevin Israel gives a Jesus. Fun fact, I I also had that same exact Incredible Hulk light switch sticker on the wall in Elliot's bedroom. Fun fact. How the hell does a nine-year-old have that big of a walk-in closet? I'm almost five times his age and still do not have a closet that large. That could house... That's a good point. Thank you. I I want the floor plan to that house, by the way, because I kept trying to figure out where all these rooms were, and it just never made sense to me. On a scale of one to bonerific, it was bonerific seeing all those Empire Strikes Backs toys in action. Oh, went right back ago. I had him. I had him. I did not. <laughs> I did not have the Boba Fett with the launching rocket that he had. <clears throat> Elliot pouring a Coke on the phone uh, when he's talking to his mom is a bit excessive, especially when that phone will start to fizz in the middle of his ruse. Just think, there's an alien in that house. And in the meantime, their dad is busy having some fun smashing a secretary or some Applebee's waitress in Mexico. He's in Mexico. Yeah, he's in Mexico. Guess what, Dad? Guess what? We had an alien house. That's cool. I had a three-way with the local gal and the girl from the, the girl in, in typing or marketing. It only cost me four pesos. <laughs> ah. Was it refreshing seeing a school bus stop with kids waiting on the school bus stop? You know, the fun days before you had to sit inside a fleet of SUVs waiting for the fucking school bus. Just standing outside, conversating, you know, kids being kids, fun shit. Thanks, helicopter parents. <laughs> it was nice. And I don't, know if you, I don't think you caught this, Kevin Israel. It was nice seeing Short Round from Temple of Doom and Miss July 1989 from Under Siege in the classroom scene. I did not catch that. Wow. He was in the back corner, and the girl that Elliot kisses is Erica Alaniac. E.T. got it right. 
Because drinking beers and playing on the speaking spell all drunk, that sounds like a fun time to me. D-U-M-B-D-I-L-D-O spells dumb dildo. Okay. Next, uh, as Kevin mentioned, when we dissected frogs, those things were deader than Jamie Kennedy's career. But in 1982, it was a live execution. Were these people raising wannabe jigsaw from the saw wannabe trainees? What's worse, Elliot's brother's teeth or the E.T. video game from Atari? Oh, you got one of mine. Thank you. Because I was going to say that I remember hating this movie, but it turns out I just hated the Atari video game. Bingo. That game was terrible. All the button did was he raised his neck up and down to the point where it was such a bomb. They have a landfill of Atari games. Did you know that? There's a there's a whole uh, documentary. Netflix, yeah. that. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. I hope I hope Spielberg threw in a dental plan along with that SAG card to that guy who played his actor. I buy Elliot's and E.T.'s bond hook line and sinker. It has and always will break my heart seeing E.T. lie dying on that bathroom floor every fucking time. Chokes me up. When I see those flowers die, I lose my shit. If the Earth's stratosphere didn't kill E.T., the smog, traffic, or disease from homeless encampments sure as hell will. When the flowers come back to life, I lose my shit. There is a ton of of sick-ass BMX riding in this film, and God damn it, do I miss it. No. Coming from someone who took, t- took out the bike today for a nice 11-mile ride. I had a mongoose. Did you? I had a blue, I had a, I had a blue half-ass one. My neighbor had a GT, and the other one had a Diamondback, so I just borrowed off of, off of them and had a mountain bike for myself. Elliot's friends putting on those huge headphones, wacky sunglasses, and ski mask, and by the way, which seems like very warm weather, is so gloriously 80s, and I loved every second of it. The side of the car that chased down Elliot and his buddies on the bikes said, U.S. government. I did not know the government advertised like Domino's fucking pizza, which is trash. You said Stranger Things, that show stinks. Terrible. Four episodes that I was out. Photoshopping the guns out of the agent's hands is like recutting Star Wars and having Greedo shoot first. I didn't know that happened. You did not know. That was, there were walkie talkies in their hand. Sorry, there were guns in their hand. And then when they made the recut for like the, the 10 or 20 year anniversary, Spielberg photoshopped in walkie talkies. Oh, there was a whole South Park about that. You might have guessed didn't catch it. When the ship music, when the music hits, when the ship lands, I fucking lose it. When he goes aboard the spaceship to leave, I absolutely lose it. This and you listen to me carefully, Kevin Israel, with all of your fucking ears. This, without question, is the best John Williams film score, period. Here's why. He runs the gamut with emotions. If he can get me, a person whose heart is covered in adamantium and vibranium together, to tear up throughout a film, that is a tour de fucking force. My dad took me to see this movie in the theater when it opened. I cried for 15 minutes after the film was over to the point where a nice black woman came up to me and said, oh, honey, it's okay. I saw this with my parents every time they re-release it in the theater. Lost my shit every time. I wouldn't watch it around my friends 
or girls that I was dating. I had to be with you for a long time to watch this movie in my presence. I had my daughter watch this film the other night. She liked it, but was nowhere near as vested as I am. This film has not lost a stitch of momentum or potency. This is one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen, and I will die on the fucking hill for this film. Nine and a half out of ten. E.T. is a goddamn treasure. And as a young girl said, cash me outside, Britt McHenry. Cash me outside. (laughs) To the Um, moon, like Dogecoin right now. (laughs) Critics, five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews by critics. A parable and a fairy tale that speaks to the child in all of us and wishes that we could be could be all more like Elliot and less like the grown-ups. This is a real movie, all with, with all those elements that have proved surefire through history, through history. Laughter, tears, involvement, thrills, wonderment. Steven Spielberg also adds a message. Human beings and spacelings should learn to coexist. Oh, a blowhard shoehorned in opinion for a critic, which is why we fucking hate those people. Next, the Wait, mar- we should learn to coexist with space beings. Yes, apparently they, they would be on the right side of history when we when we land on Mars and set up a colony and have to have town councils with these people. <laughs> I'm going to make the early prediction here, and I want all our listeners to know you heard it here first. If when and if aliens ever land here, it's not going to be for a friendly reason. I no. promise. No. No. The marvel of this extraordinary film is that it captures for even the most jaded grown-up that pleasurable state of innocence and awe that only children are fortunate enough to to experience. Excuse me. Time has done little to diminish the power of E.T.'s signature moments. You're still going to need those tissues. Oh, here's one. And that's the end of that. Here's one fact I forgot to throw in here. And this is with E.T.'s power. If E.T. had telekinetic powers, how did he not force shove all the agents away? It's true. Well, because he was, was he dying? Well, in between, but yeah. Okay. Next, it's time for, I lost my sheet here. Nope, 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 nope. Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. More than the work of any filmmaker, Spielberg's output seems uniquely designed to induce me in this queasy false memory syndrome. What did he say there, Kevin Israel? Or she say there? Answer, absolutely nothing. Words. I doubt if the public that fell so much in love with this cute Disney-like tale had looked too deeply at this religious parable and examined how overwrought and crude it really is. It's getting deep. Yeah. Yeah. Sign QAnon4374. The more fancy words a a critic uses, the less valuable their opinion is. And that is the end of the critics' one-star reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, Brit, just to make our point. That was the the 15%. I didn't give it one. I didn't give it a one. I gave it four. Four. No, no, no. They're one-star reviews. We 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 do these are like the one through five stars when they do this. Yeah. All right. Well. Amazon one star reviews. Amazon five star reviews. The booze. It's time for Amazon five star reviews. Five star reviews. 
This guy, I would have drink with this guy or girl. This movie is about a space monkey that becomes friends with Drew Barrymore's older brother. I love it, but my kids really didn't get it. My kids are pretty dumb in all honesty. One of them thinks the Easter Bunny is real and she's in high school. My youngest likes to eat dirt. The middle kid is okay, but he has a weird blinking problem and just keeps asking for a saw for his birthday and Christmas. I'm like, why a saw? He just says he can't tell me and winks. He also has a box of dried up Sharpies and he thinks that he will grow more ink if he sings to them every night. I should probably talk to someone about all this. (laughs) Even even this guy's full of shit, which I think he is. What a wordsmith and a hell of an imagination. And he could do five minutes for us to open up for us, Kevin. He had me at Space Monkey. Right. He had me at my kids are all pretty done, to be honest with you. Who hasn't seen this movie? I mean, my teen niece was under the weather and she wanted to curl up in the recliner to watch E.T. So I put E.T. on. She looked so displeased, shocked. I asked, you don't like E.T.? She shrugged her shoulders and shrugged her shoulders and just replied with a, eh. I left it on because I was having trouble getting the sound to work with other movies for some reason, not far into the movie. I kept cleaning while she was watching it. I kept hearing her laugh loudly and comment on what was going on. Apparently, she forgotten how good it was. Indeed. I saw this as a kid and ordered it for my grandkids, and they loved it. The movie worked great with no defects. I ordered two copies of Jaws 3 and Sleepers, and one was missing a disc, and the other stopped playing mid-movie. I sent them back today, and and the UPS guy came and got the defective ones and delivered me two new copies of each, even though one copy had been opened so far. I was very impressed. They will fix any defective or faulty movies. I am now happy customer again. Thanks, Amazon. Wait, I have, I have, a, I have an observation. I would she love to hear it. as a kid and then got the movie for her grandkids? Yes. How old is this lady? The person? How, <laughs> how did she have grandkids already? I bet she was a kid. I couldn't have grandkids. I mean, I guess numerically I could physically have grandkids, but Jesus. We could have grandkids. Yeah, I know. That's like fucking in your high school prom and getting her knocked up by accident, and then your kid's doing the same exact thing, kind of Back to the Future style. <laughs> you didn't learn from me, boy! Yeah. You could have spent your 20s whoring around and 30s whoring around like your dad did. Now you got to go work in the mine. <laughs> With dad. Hope you like <laughs> black lung. Got <laughs> the black lung, bro. Apparently, absolutely the best. I had the old DVD, and this one came on sale, and I had to have it. I loved it, and I'm glad I got it for such a reduced rate, only $9. The 4K is fantastic, and all the extras are wonderful. There's the Kevin Israel movie uh, review he loves. (laughs) This one, I think Robbie the Robot from Lost in Space wrote this. E.T. the Extraterrestrial is a family film that will make all ages entertained. The character E.T. is really cute for an alien. alien. This is not a horror film in any way, unlike Britt McHenry's uh, hopes and dreams for this film. E.T. is cute. I like E.T. is not cute. I would run if I saw E.T. I'd be like, what is this emoji coming at me? Like, I, I don't think he's cute. Do you Wait, guys have you, have you, 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 yeah, I absolutely think he's cute. Would you, would you ever see the movie Mac and Me? <laughs> it sounds, no, it's, no. It's fucking awful. Anyway, that's not a cute alien. Yeah, that's a horrifying That movie. is That is a terror. That was out of what, 88, I think it came Born out. baby alien. <laughs> yeah. Amazon one-star reviews. 
Amazon One Star Reviews, Amazon One Star Reviews, Amazon One Star Reviews now. The first 30 minutes are the most boring of any movie ever. Most of the beginning is E.T. screaming or some other loud, obnoxious nouses. I copy and paste. I don't, I don't edit. Then there are, fa- there are a few brief special effects that are nothing special. Then there's a giant, stupid, giant scene about young kids preparing to cut open frogs, and the frogs are later set free. Wait, what's this movie about again? E.T. itself is ugly and can't talk. Yes, he does learn to talk, fuck face, and is supposedly a genius some, sometimes, but a moron the rest. I don't think he's a moron. Then there's the Halloween scenes, which might be the only remotely watchable part there's truly must have been nothing to do in 1982 for this really bad and boring movie to make a billion dollars did they not have atari commodore 64 that shit yeah i get like et you know the botanist but also too he he walks away with like a potted flower plant from harris teeter into the ship like is that the best as, even as a gift. It's a keepsake, Brit. It's like they exited through the gift shop, obviously. I need a more logistical plan for the... <laughs> what, do you want a, what, do you want a globe and shit in there with a snow globe? Yeah. If you wanted to grab a six-pack on the way? Yeah. yeah. I thought that shit was good, too. Grab some Jameson and a six-pack. <laughs> We were watching, and halfway through, we had a power outage. The outage lasted almost an entire day. My generator died. Amazon timed out the movie rental. At least they said they were going to, so we did not see it through. By the way, we died of dysentery like we were in Oregon Trail, the video game. (laughs) Next one. Oh, these are good. Too mature for grandchildren. What got them? Like the flying bikes at the end? Yeah. Speak, <laughs> speak and spell was too much for old mom, pa, Jasper, apparently. Was this another 45-year-old grandma? I want the demographics of these fuck faces who write these reviews. I must have them for my own personal knowledge. You stated technical problems. Please return the money. Signed, Alex. Hmm. <laughs> this is customer service. The best one ever was when that one guy, or I think that was a woman, she left her name, her email, and her phone number. And I told all of our listeners, please call her and say, hey, we're the Amazon customer service. How can we help you? I hope people did that. Yeah. Last one. Yuck. This is the worst thing to happen to film since they colorized black and white films. Jesus Christ. What's with all the added CG effects to E.T.'s face? And E.T. leaping through the woods like a gazelle? He wasn't leaping. He was sauntering at best. This DVD isn't the original version of the film. It's awful. Ruin this movie for me. Guess what's going to Goodwill this month? Wait, let me get this straight. People who shop at Goodwill, now they have DVD players? I still thought they were stuck on VHS. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on the leaping. Like, is E.T. a gazelle in this person's version of the movie? Yeah, I he, feel like he had more of like a squat walk Yeah. Yeah, he's he, he shuffles. Shuff, he shuffles like people of the old country buffet shimmy to the front of the line to get more mac and cheese. Yeah, fair. Kevin yeah. Israel, did Britt McHenry gut the sacred cow? Yeah, she didn't. Not even. <laughs> kind of. Not even. You know what? You 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 came in with this. There's a trait I like, and I know Kevin appreciates it too. And gutters when they really hate the movie. That's important. And you hated the movie. So you made it entertaining. You put up a good fight. But this cow 
like the material covering Kevin's heart, is made out of adamantium and vibranium, thrown in a little titanium. This movie is absolutely bulletproof. It's going to stand the test of time. When humans are long gone and it's just cockroaches, the cockroaches will be watching E.T. This Uh, movie is a treasure that will stand the test of time and then beyond. It turns 40 years old next year and hasn't skipped a beat. And again, I can have those, and I have them on my iPhone. I can't listen to those with the, the, the soundtrack in public because it's going to hit. It'll, it'll hit me. Those, those four <laughs> songs, those four moments, nope, 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 nope. The only 40-year-olds that held up better than E.T. are the two Kevins you're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> we do look fucking good for 44, that's for I sure. I couldn't even convince you guys briefly on Inception, so I guess I'm 0 for 2 tonight. <laughs> you have a better chance with Inception than you do with this film, I promise you that. But listen, take solace in this. Your counterpart, your friend, your co your your co conspirator, conspirator, excuse me, Jen Eckhart. She chose Toy Story, and she ran headfirst into that same buzzsaw. Is there is there something about tri adults that don't like beautiful children's movies? Yes. Yeah. Is that a, is there that are creepy. Thing? I I know she called out the creepy kid in Toy Story, though, right? Like, Fine, and he is creepy, and we agree. But her other points were pretty. Mm. I like her, so it will. Oh, our, our, our fans. Our, our, listen, very quick story. Our fans, before we even announce it, so if you subscribe, you find out that the episode drops a few days before we say it does. Our fans who subscribe, who listen immediately, I don't even know what the word I want to use. I'm going to say bombard, bombarded, bombarded us. Like, what the fuck is wrong with her? She's out of, what is she, retarded? This is bullshit. Her arguments suck. This film is perfect. She got more shit in two days' time than some people have the entire time of the episode. <laughs> well, I can't wait then for I really think that this is going to be a race to the bitter end. <laughs> these two. I got a text on a nice, lazy Saturday. It was like 10 in the morning and I get a text that just says, what the fuck's wrong with this girl? And I was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And it was one of my buddies. He's like, your fucking episode, dude. What's wrong with her? And I was like, oh, man. Oh, goodness. Well, you know, and, and it's it's harder. It's so much easier in the moment. Or you're flipping through the channels to say, oh, that movie's crap or I love this. To actually sit down, though, at the computer communicating with you guys to say, okay, what movie is love that I hate and i did come up with a list of others a couple that were taken already so um, oh, this isn't an easy job this no is, nobody nobody's Except saying for the state of heart. sitting in your chair is simple <laughs> like this is this this show hats off to kevin goatee for designing it is made to be a challenge if you know that's part of the that's See, part of the allure of it i have in any of your episodes has someone gone after the Twilight movies? Because I hope they have. Yes, Mike Sicoli yeah, episode two episodes. did. That was an easy one. That was an easy slam dunk, yeah. But listen, t- t- and Britt, take some solace in this as well. One of our favorite guests, his mm-hmm. name's Bill Schultz. He's on the morning show, Compound. He used to work at Fox. He used to be on Red Eye. Bill Schultz and Joanne Nosichinsky, they do the morning show on Compound. Near and dear friends to us. Good old Bill has been on our, our show six times. Four of them, he sat in your chair. He finally, finally took down a film successfully this last episode. So, <laughs> What this, movie was it? The one that he took down was Superman, the first Superman film. Oh, uh, okay. With, with like Dean Cain or the, like the, the newer? <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, Dean Cain so was a TV. Cool. Isn't so cute? She's, uh, I forgot she's 86. <laughs> Dean, Dean I, I, he's been on my Fox Nation shows, for goodness <laughs> sake. They should know this. 
Dean Cain was a TV show in the 80s. No, Christopher Reeve was the first Superman movie. Right. The real, well, the, the colorized, not the George Reeve ones, but yeah. The the Henry Cavill. Yeah, he's a little bit later. There, there, there are a couple other guys after, uh, before Henry Cavill. But okay. yeah. Okay. So that, well, hey, I, will, I will work on it. You know, mentally, if you guys call me up from, from the minors to the big leagues, I will, I will come swinging more this time. But I did know, I did know that it was like a losing battle with this movie. But I still stand. You back. didn't know that. We we I gave no. I did not tip my hand because I said she's gonna walk right into this fucking buzzsaw. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I did not tip my hand at all. Or sometimes I I will. But listen, Britt, in this all seriousness, great job. And I love the and I love the balls on you. As soon as you said ET, I said, oh that's a win. Oh that's it. We're not, not, not done. Done. So good on you for picking a film. We don't want people picking these films that no one's going to give a fuck about. Like some people go, why don't you take down the English patient? Answer, no one gives a fuck about the English patient. E.T. E.T. is a great choice. And I love you had the balls and, and I re- respect you for doing so. So thank you again. And you. It, shout it out again. Where can we find you? What are you up to? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Britt McHenry um, at Fox 5 DC. And um, if Fox News and Fox Nation ever wants to put me back on, I'm there as well, <laughs> that you can find me there. So Excellent. And if you can ever get to the city, we all can hang out. You, me, Jen, Kevin, everybody. Yes, that is long overdue. And I'm sure, you know, she and I then can reverse the gang up on you two. Uh, I don't know, arguing like Florida's from the South or something. So I'm going to quote the great Liam Neeson in Taken. Good luck. <laughs> you have a particular set of, set of skills. skills yeah <laughs> Britt you're a treasure you're a gem thanks again Kevin Israel where, where the work of the world find you what are you up to uh, KevinIsrael.com uh, for my dates I do have some dates coming back up I just got booked again at Foxwoods May 14th and 15th I think I'll be there doing the old stand up and got some more shows coming up and my album is always the struggle is real is on iTunes but more importantly leave us a five star rating and a review on your platform of choice because it helps us we love it it makes us happy it makes our day knowing you're out there listening and loving what we're doing and it powers us up like the little Mario into big Mario and <laughs> firepower Mario so leave us those reviews and those ratings it helps and it means something to us KevinGoatee.com that's right dates coming in as well check it out but as kevin israel said gutting the sacred cow.com and if you want to advertise with us you've heard a few advertisements for this episode so far gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com gtsc podcast on twitter follow kevin follow kevin goatee at kevin goatee follow Britt McHenry for the love of christ since we're all at it and uh this has been a hoot guys take care thanks again love you all later ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.